Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to Martin Luther King Day. Or for the left, it's, hey, conservatives, keep MLK out of your damn mouth day. Or we'll slap you a la Will Smith. Over on The View, Sonny Hostin is already mad that the right-wingers pull out that old chestnut about how Martin Luther King said it's more important to judge the content of your character rather than the color of your skin. They're all like, gross, stop saying we can't obsess over skin color, you racist. I mean, obviously on the left, they don't like Martin Luther King 1964. They don't want you really focusing on that. They, They prefer sort of the Martin Luther King 1967-1968 version because he was getting more and more radical. And if he hadn't been assassinated, probably would have been full Jesse Jackson after a while. You know, if he'd been around in the 70s and been around for Jimmy Carter, you you know, maybe he would have been an entirely different person. It's the same way that you could say the difference between John F. Kennedy, who now looks like a conservative Democrat, and Ted Kennedy who became an ultra-liberal. Today's top question, why does Chuck Todd keep bringing on Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin on Meet the Press? Now, don't get me wrong. I love it. (laughs) But Chuck knows Senator Johnson is going to hammer the media for being filthy, biased animals. That's just the way it goes. And... You know, here we have a show where we have Senator Ron Johnson for the Republicans and we have Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan for the Democrats. And he puts on a display of how he brutalizes Johnson. And then Senator Stabenow comes on and it's like, well, I know now that you've said you're going to retire in 24. So what would you like to focus on now? And then other tough questions like, should the Democrats support Kirsten Cinema in 24? You know, there's there there was one question about the documents where it was like, well, isn't it is is it is Biden going to have to eat his words about the classified documents thing being a terrible thing when he said it about Trump? Is he going to have to eat those words? Why is that even a question? But I mean, that's the gentleness. And then he turns around to Ron Johnson. Uh, who came before Stabenow now in the show. But let's just start where Chuck did, or one of his questions was uh, about the classified document scandals. Congress has an oversight role, so shouldn't Congress do their oversight role after an investigation is over? If doing it during the investigation, doesn't that end up either on purpose or inadvertently interfering the investigation, meaning the Justice Department investigation? Now, Since when has Chuck Todd or anyone else at these alphabet networks ever suggested when Democrats are in power that they should all withhold doing investigations because the Justice Department is investigating? Is that the way Chuck Todd handled it when Adam Schiff was having hearings on Russian collusion? No hearings until Mueller is done? Come on, Chuck. Then Johnson says there's a difference between what's criminal and what's scandalous. I mean, this is this is obvious, but this is something that is important when we judge scandals. In the Clinton years, 
the reporters often implied that the Clintons, you know, you weren't going to get the Clintons because it, they didn't do a crime. So somehow, unless you can indict them in, before a grand jury, there's not a scandal. So by that standard, Hillary Clinton, you know, working with people who bankrupted a savings and loan as their legal representative was not a scandal because she didn't get indicted. Her business partners, the McDougals, both went to prison. Somehow that did not reflect on Hillary Clinton, just the same way that she could have classified emails on her private server, be sending it around willy-nilly to other people. And nobody said there was a crime. Jim Comey said he wouldn't make it a crime. He would never prosecute. That was a political decision. He was not going to prosecute someone who was running for president. He also wasn't going to prosecute Hillary because his wife and his daughters were all wearing Hillary t-shirts or something. But I mean, there is a difference between a criminal probe and people going on trial and your everyday political scandal. Chuck Todd here is doing the usual thing. He's demonstrating how we want the rules to be different when Ron Johnson starts investigating. You know, that's a different standard than when, the, when Adam Schiff is investigating. It's totally different. Well, why? Because we favor the Democrats. When the Democrats are investigating something, it's about the right side of history, and the Republicans getting into the Bidens is horrible. Then Chuck follows up with Ron Johnson, trying to put words in his mouth. What you're saying is that the Justice Department decides a crime wasn't committed, they're not going to prosecute a crime. It sounds like you still want the information out there because you want to politically damage the person that was investigated. Once again, see Mueller and Adam Schiff. Did it matter that Robert Mueller ended up not indicting Trump? Apparently not. You know, they were all using Mueller to smear Trump. They were always saying, the walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. In other words, they were seeking to politically damage the person that was investigated. Now, this is where the journalists really lay their cards on the table. Where Chuck Todd's basically saying, I don't really believe in accountability. I mean, these guys only care about either inflicting damage on Republicans or doing damage control for the Democrats. When they all start worrying about inflicting damage, you know, these don't tend to be words that they use when they're investigating someone. Even if you can tell from the level of their aggression that they want somebody gone. I mean, you look at all their coverage now of George Santos. I had this struggle with Mrs. Graham. We were we were just talking this over. I got upset. We had Sunday Today on for a minute and they were like, and now the 73rd story about George Santos. And I'm like, look, I'm Jimmy Kimmel can make fun of George Santos. Like he had a joke about Tom Brady is contending for his eighth Super Bowl. George Santos said I had nine. You know, that's okay. That's fine. You can make fun of George Santos being a fabulist. That's all fair, fun and games. But just this whole idea that you know when they're doing 73 stories or how many ever stories, let's I, we need to count them, I guess, because it just keeps happening. They're basically campaigning to get Santos removed from Congress. Now, I can tell you, we had members of Congress like William Cold Cash Jefferson, who had a bunch of 
illegal money, bribe money or whatever in his freezer. They didn't care. They weren't doing 73 stories on that. And that's what bothers me. And poor Mrs. Graham, you know, has to hear this when this is why. Mrs. Graham, do you listen to the podcast? No, I get it at home in advance. Uh, but anyway, let's go back to Ron Johnson. He's trying to complain to Chuck about he and Senator Grassley and other Republicans were smeared while they were investigating Hunter Biden as the FBI just buried Hunter's laptop for months and months. Oh, seems like we lost it. They had it in their possession for a long time and did nothing with it. And then they say, well, why would anybody assume the Justice Department's political? Mm-hmm. The Justice Department, about as independent as Chuck Todd. So let's go to Chuck and his latest yelling at Ron Johnson. Do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody explain it is not a crime to make money off your last name. So, Chuck, you ought to read the Marco Polo report uh, where they detail all kinds of potential crimes. You know, Senator Grassley oh, actually oh, oh, let me just stop you there. The, potential. Uh, about, about, this is It's not a crime to make money off your last name. Hmm. Let me stop you there. Potential crimes is innuendo. Now, this is like Chuck Todd is literally the babe in the woods. Potential crimes is innuendo. Have you never watched your own networks? I mean, have you been absent from the last 50 years or so? The entire post-Watergate era has been the left-wing media spreading innuendo about potential crimes of Republicans. You know, it was for Reagan. It was for Reagan's cabinet. It was for Ray Donovan. It was for Ed Meese. It was for George H.W. Bush. It was for Gingrich. It was for Bush and for Cheney. And then it was for Trump. And under Trump, there was just a never-ending innuendo about Trump going to jail. They had a lust to put this guy in prison. They wanted to put the orange man in the orange jumpsuit. But now reverse the parties and Chuck Todd and company are like, geez, it's kind of sick to obsess over Biden's poor, reckless, drug addict son. So, you know, Chuck Todd's asking about what crimes are there. And Johnson's pointing out, well, Hunter Biden paid out some $30,000 to hookers, some with links to human traffickers. You know, that could be a crime. There could be a criminal connection there. This is the kind of thing they'd be very interested in if Donald Trump Jr. was paying hookers when he was on crack. But now it's a Democrat, because so Chuck Todd doesn't care. He has zero curiosity about that. It's only those Republicans that are somehow ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. That's sort of the 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 uh, way that he insinuates that there's something wrong with Ron Johnson. Listen to this. I'll take it your word that you're ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. I'm curious, though. You seem are, to have are, a pattern. Are you not? Uh, I are seem you to have not? a pattern. I, I'm a journalist. I have are, to deal you, in facts. Are you not? Are you not I deal in facts. You, it says, Senator, my question to you is, uh, I'm always worried. I, I have skepticism of both parties. I sit here with skepticism of a lot of people's work. Look, this is the this is the headline moment, the way Kevin Tober had it, the way Brent Baker tweeted it yesterday. I'm Chuck Todd, and I deal in facts. I'm Chuck Todd, and I'm skeptical of both parties. I mean, here again, he presumes we've never watched his show, ever. 
You know, this is exactly the problem, not just with Chuck Todd, but with journalism in general. They all know facts are boring. That's what the focus groups will tell them. This is why cable news, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, is loaded with opinion and loaded with speculation about what's going to happen next because that's what focus groups will tell you they're interested in. So right now it's all like, oh, so all these classified documents turned up with Biden. Does that the deep state trying to do Biden in? Right? I mean, this is the, that's where people are. They all want to ask the question about what's happening next. Is Biden toast? Or will, will Biden, this will somehow help Biden in some backwards way? Journalists don't deal in facts all the time. There's a lot of spin in there. I mean, look, we could go back and say, look what happened to CNN's headline news. It's basically been shut down because that's not the model anymore. They found people don't want to get headline news on their television. Maybe they figure they can get their headline news on their phone. They're getting it on Facebook or Twitter. And I guess they're coming to television to sit down and watch somebody opine. And that's if that's where we are, that's where we are. But this is nobody's buying. I'm Chuck Todd and I only deal in facts, bub. You know, as Kevin Tober noted in the blog he wrote at Newsbusters, you know, what about when Todd dredged up a conspiracy theory that Governor Ron DeSantis somehow flew illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard as an effort to distract people from Senator Lindsey Graham trying to push a federal 15-week limit on abortions? I mean, that's not dealing in facts. That's just sort of playing mental games. Then we won't go on this interesting bender where Chuck Todd starts asking about Jared Kushner and Qatar. He took a loan from Qatar. And I'm curious, are you, were you at all concerned? Uh, this, your Senate Democrats want to investigate Jared Kushner's uh, loan from the Qatari government when he was working in the government negotiating uh, many things in the Middle East. Are you not as concerned about, are you not concerned about that? And I say that because it seems to me if you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. I, I'm, I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals, target individuals. You, I you target don't? You're targeting Hunter Biden my, my, my multiple concern, times my on this show, my, Senator. You're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck. I think it's fair to say Ron Johnson is sort of targeting Hunter Biden here. I th that's fine. But yes, obviously, the, the Alphabet Networks all targeted Trump from the get-go. Now, I'm sure Senate Democrats will actually probe Jared Kushner as if he's some sort of hunter analog, as if Jared Kushner ever snorted crack with hookers. You can't talk about that. You're supposed to feel sorry for that. You're supposed to put Hunter Biden on, his, on your show when he has a memoir about snorting crack and say, poor Hunter. But look, reporters who deal in facts can cover the Senate Democrats investigating Kushner and the House Republicans investigating Hunter Biden. But I think we all know kind of the way they'll come at that. One side's somehow going to be hyper-partisan, and the other one's just concerned about ethics. So let's just finish this Chuck Todd, Ron Johnson thing with one final laugh line. I'll just read this. He says to Johnson, Look, you can go back on your partisan cable cocoon and talk about media bias all you want. I understand it's part of your identity. Let me move on to what happened in Brazil. 
Yeah, it's not a partisan cable cocoon at all to obsess over Brazil. There was rioting in Brazil. Clearly, it was motivated by Trump. Clearly, Steve Bannon caused a riot in Brazil. All right, you know, have at it, Chuck. But don't say you're not in a partisan cable cocoon. You know, Chuck Todd, everybody knows what you're up to. Chuck Todd, everybody knows your wife is a professional Democrat fundraiser. Everybody knows now that you're having dinner parties at your house for Jennifer Palmieri, who at the time was going to be Hillary Clinton's 2016 communications director. Thank you, WikiLeaks. There is so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about where these people like Chuck Todd look way more partisan than they already look on television, which is one reason why they think they're being so objective and ideal in facts because we don't know the secret life, <laughs> or at least secret to us. Now, Baker, uh, Brent Baker had also tweeted, he tweeted some Chuck Todd highlights. He also tweeted from this week with not George Stephanopoulos this week. Uh, Jonathan Carr was on. Rachel Bade of Politico, she was fretting. Jim Jordan's going to definitely have a heyday with this, you know, investigating Biden's classified documents. So we'll just have to see. The best bet is the American people aren't really interested in investigations rather than their tabletop issues like inflation. It could help the president if the Republicans overreach and hurt themselves because it looks overly political. Yeah, here again, we're like, we just had two years of them all obsessing and giving live coverage to the January 6th committee. And that now they're basically saying, the American people aren't really interested in investigations. <laughs> really? I had no idea. I guess we could look at the ratings and try to figure that out. They would try to hype up the ratings. Oh, look at all the people who watch the January 6th committee. And guess what? Who were they? Why is it that CNN and MSNBC's ratings went up and Fox's went down? Because we know who was watching. It wasn't the independents. You know, when you talk about voters who don't care about scandals, yeah, you're talking about less political voters. It, so this is just mind-boggling. You know, they don't do this to, to Adam Schiff where they're like, oh, he's going to have a heyday. Did anybody say the January 6th committee was going to have a heyday? They might overreach and hurt themselves. No, they sat around and all told each other, oh, the January 6th committee is a new model for how to do this. They're so bipartisan. Yeah, that's how you know hacks are. So here's Rachel Bade on this whole line about Jordan's going to hurt himself being overly political. This is the same lady. When Rachel Bade was at the Washington Post, who around Christmas 2019, when they were impeaching Donald Trump because he said somebody should look into Hunter Biden. Oh, my God, you're ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. Let's impeach. Rachel Bade tweeted out a picture with the words, Mary impeachments from the WAPO team. Oh, yay. Paul Kane is buying the drinks. Mary impeachments. Oh, yes. Who looks overly political now? Rachel Bade. This is the problem. Is anybody who expects that the liberal media is going to determine who or who is not overly political? We have an overly political press. They don't want to tell us what's happening. 
They want to tell us what to think. Finally, uh, you know, uh, there was a big piece in the New York Times on Thursday, right there on the front page, Hunter Biden. Uh, the uh, headline was, The Tale of Hunter Biden to Come Front and Center. Now, if the Democrats had held the House, this probably wouldn't have been a thing because the House Democrats would have said, We're not having any hearings in the Hunter Biden. Thank you very much. Uh, the but instead you get a, a, a an article that was quite huge. It covered two whole pages on the inside, and then part of a third. So that sounds serious, but you know, I read the whole thing. I had my little pen in hand, you know, uh, to underline the passages I found outrageous, like this one. Despite their years of efforts, including Mr. Trump's attempt to muscle Ukraine into helping him sully the Bidens an escapade that led to his first impeachment, Republicans have yet to demonstrate that the senior Mr. Biden was involved in his son's business deals or took any action to benefit him or his foreign partners. Now, how at this late date, after the New York Times, albeit on page A20, acknowledged that the Hunter Biden laptop was real? Well, what kind of data was on the Hunter Biden laptop? I think we all know it confirmed that Joe Biden was helping Hunter Biden with his clients. I mean, hear this story. You know, one this 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 story, this claim is on one page. The Republicans don't have anything on Joe helping Hunter. And then on the other page, they're admitting Vice President Biden met with a Burisma executive in Washington. And he ran into two of Hunter's Chinese business associates in Beijing. Now, this apparently doesn't count because, well, Biden staffers say these were fleeting and unimportant. Isn't it amazing how these people can say something's not a scandal because Biden staffers said it wasn't? Can you imagine any of them using this? Well, Trump, they said Trump had a scandal, but Trump and his staffers say no. Anything Trump said was automatically not credible. That's the way they treated everything. I mean, at least they acknowledged Hunter Biden has always maintained he avoided discussing his business activities with his father, but they sometimes came up, such as when the elder Biden found out about his son's board seat at Brisbane and called to say, I hope you know what you are doing. Now, do we have the rest of the call? You know, I mean, the, the, the central thing here is Joe Biden has lied repeatedly when he said, I never discussed business with Hunter. Now, obviously, what this shows is if he's showing up at a restaurant in D.C. to have a fleeting meeting with a guy from Burisma, there was obviously communication between Joe and Hunter about Hunter's business. I mean, this is they only briefly in this New York Times story touched on Tony Bobolinsky saying, hey, they said 10% for the big guy. That, I mean, that was basically in one little paragraph. Well, what struck me was, you know, one of the reporters on this, Adam Entis, when he tweeted out this story, and there was more to it than what I'm saying. I'm plucking out what interested me. Uh, you know, they always want to make it uh, this sad story of how Bo Biden was the golden child and Hunter was the screw-up. Poor Hunter. So the tweet Adam Entis puts out says, 
how pressure to make money, depression, addiction, and self-destructive behavior put Hunter Biden in the crosshairs of the Justice Department. At his lowest point, he told a close family friend, I know you all think the wrong brother died. Oh. You know, when the New York Times, their investigative stories are all like, we probably shouldn't investigate this guy. Poor guy. I mean, that, and this is the way that the New York Times has covered Hunter Biden. They, they did puff pieces about his paintings, for heaven's sake. But yes, the Republicans are in charge and they're going to investigate these things and they're going to be embarrassing the Democrats. And somehow our liberal media basically says, it's kind of scandalous for you to want to make news embarrassing to Democrats. This is the way we know that the news media is stuffed with Democrats, that Democrats are reporters and reporters are Democrats because this is their take. Now, Bill D'Agostino has a new video today where he's got all these people saying this Trump and Biden unclassified documents, these are totally different night and day, night and day, night and day. You know, I mean, it's it's comical. It's like, yes, you might be able to try to say the number of documents is different. Uh, but, you know, frankly, none of us knows what are in any of these documents. So we can't really judge. But, you know, Chuck Todd is asking Rod Rosenstein, can't we say, somebody said to me, one of these was on, one of the, there are two car wrecks, one was on purpose and the other was an accident. So in other words, apparently, Donald Trump do- drove the presidential limo into a brick wall on purpose and somehow Biden just nicked you know, the, his bumper. I mean, it, it, this is the spin. This is their way of trying to always say, oh no, our scandals are different. Our scandals aren't important. Our scandals aren't deep. Our scandals aren't interesting. It would be refreshing, not that anybody expects it, that the news media would try to show some sort of equal interest in the facts, in the scandals, in, in investigating politicians of both parties. You know, if Chuck Todd actually lived up to all of his protests, that would be something. But we're all going to be a little cynical and say, 35 years at the MRC doesn't look like we're going to get some return to facts anytime soon. And that's why you got to come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in.